Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. All right, good morning. All right, you people sitting here in front of me, you're the ones that remember that daylight savings today ends, which means you can't be late for church. Everybody that's missing today, they're faking it. You know, when they tell us, hey, I forgot to reset my clock. Well, then you should have been sitting in the parking lot for an hour waiting on the pastor to get here, right? Anybody ever done that one? I, I have. And, and you know, I got to church thinking, where is everybody? And then it dawned on me. And I was like, oh, well, then as far out as I live, I couldn't just go back home. I had to sit there for an hour and wait some, for somebody to come to church. So, yes, I have done that. It's good to see everybody comfy, cozy in your flannel. Yeah, that made getting dressed really easy. Hopefully our online people, you're in your flannel jammies, I guess, at home today. So we are in Ephesians walking through these next couple of weeks. I love when God just walks us through these little letters. And this was one of those, you know, this has been a really good week. I mean, it's been an exciting week. I mean, you know, I had uh, the Mandalorian came out on Friday. Um, and some of you saw that post, and, and, and now I've even got more. Paula got me a blanket for my birthday that has the child on it. So, yes, I have a Baby Yoda blanket. I may or may not be obsessed. I do not know. Um, so that was Friday, and then yesterday we had trunk or treat, and that was exciting, and we had a ball game, and that was not so exciting, but we, we, we survived it, and we went on. Um, but I tell you, what excited me the most this week was when I got to reading in Ephesians chapter 2. And again, this is stuff that I've read before, and I know it, and, you know, it didn't at first seem very new, but the more I absorbed the message of this... As a believer, I just hope your heart gets as excited as mine does. Starting in chapter 2, verse 1. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins. Have you ever thought about that? Every one of us, once we were dead because of our sins. Man, to be dead... Like, we can't even fathom that, can we? But that's what sin does to us. Once you were dead, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil. The commander of the powers in the unseen world, he is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. You see, sin, we forget sometimes, is not just about breaking a rule. It's about breaking the heart of God, when we forget to obey, when we refuse to obey. Now, see, there's a difference there. You know, sometimes when our kids act up and they get in trouble and they do things, sometimes it's innocent. It really is. Tori, sometimes they really don't mean it. They don't understand the right and the wrong. But as parents, what we really hate is those moments they knew the right and the wrong and they chose the wrong. And what does it do as a parent? It breaks our heart. And that's what I'm seeing here. 
And in verse 3, it says, all of us used to live that way. Now, notice he's using wording here, you and us. When he's talking about the you, he's talking to the Gentiles, all right? When he's talking about the us, he's talking about the Jews. So the Jews who have kept the law, right? They were, the, they were God's chosen people. But he said, all of us, all of us Jews, we used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. But God is so rich in mercy. Oh, isn't he though? And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Oh, I camped out in those verses right there, those two verses this week. I love this. Verse 6, for he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness towards us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Lord, this is your word today, alive and active. May it change our hearts because of who you are. In Jesus' name, amen. So last week in in chapter 1, we talked about Paul was praying for the church, remember? And what was what was one of the first things he said, I'm going to ask for? I'm going to ask for some spiritual wisdom and insight. In other words, I want you to continue to grow in your depth and knowledge of the Lord. So church, maybe you've heard these verses today a hundred times before. Maybe you have grew up learning them in VBS. But I want you to open your ears today to hear it fresh and new. Verse 4 and 5, they just stopped me this week because two words in there. Mercy and grace. I think so often we use these words a lot without truly comprehending what they mean for us. Oh, I'm just, I'm saved by God's grace and his mercy. Oh, God had mercy on me today. But we don't really contemplate what that means for us. Because you have to look at what these definitions mean. Mercy means you don't get what you deserve. Parents, we, we understand this when, when our kids get in trouble sometimes and we have mercy. <laughs> when we really want to tear into a behind or, or ground them for life or, or clean out their room and throw every toy out the door. But we have mercy, don't we? And we don't give them what they deserve. And then there's grace, which means you receive something you've not even earned. Ever received a gift from somebody that, like, it's not even your birthday? It's not your anniversary? Like, 
You don't even know anything you've done lately that would have warranted them dropping that gift off? Grace. When you receive something you didn't earn. And I love that I found both of these words in this two passages here. Because it's by God's mercy and grace that we are saved. And that's it. Somebody needs to grab a hold of that today because you've been struggling with that that little question, am I saved? Am I not saved? I don't know. Am I saved? I, I don't know. I, I prayed about it one time, but I don't know. Am I saved? Because I don't know that I'm saved. Oh, I struggled for years with that one until the light bulb clicked. And I realized it had nothing to do with me and everything to do with God. I just had to believe. I had to believe that what he offered, he was giving, right? So salvation, it said, is not a reward. How many times have you said this or you've heard this where somebody said, well, I'm a good person. I think I'll go to heaven. I think we hear this a lot when we're at a funeral and we're not real sure if somebody knows Jesus. So we try to make ourselves feel better and they're a good person. See, the Bible says it's not a reward for being good. Going to heaven is not based on how good we are. Now, that's a scary thought. That really, you know, that, that really is a disturbing thought that there could be good people that miss it. Why? Because Jesus Christ said, there's only one way to get to the Father, and that's through me. You have to know Jesus as your Savior to get there. It's not a reward. And and this, even though that sounds scary, at the same time, it is so freeing for me. Because sometimes we get stuck in this thought of having to do more for God and he'll, he'll love and accept me. Nope, it's not what my Bible tells me. I have to believe that Jesus died for my sin and is willing to forgive me for those sins. That's how I'm saved. Not because I do good things. Salvation is not a reward system for doing good. Which also means, unfortunately, you know, we're going to get to heaven and there's going to be some people that surprise us when we get there too. (laughs) We're going to be like, whoop, they wasn't very nice though. I, I, I know them, right? But they believed. Even if it was a last minute deal, they believed. You see, the Jews here that that Paul is talking to, they thought that following the law made them good. If I don't touch this, if I don't do this on the Sabbath, if I don't eat this, if I do eat that, if if I stay clean and pure, they thought the law made them good enough. Well, if that's the truth, we wouldn't need Jesus Christ. There wouldn't even be a New Testament because all you needed was that Old Testament to make it happen. But you see, the law just shows us how much we need Jesus Christ. Because I promise you for every law you find that you say, oh, I can keep that. When I'm pretty good at that, you'll find three more that I promise you can't keep. The law is not what makes us good enough. So instead, in verse 10, he said, we are made new by Christ so that we do good things. We don't do good things to get to heaven. We have Christ who makes us want to do good things. 
Two totally different things. And then on down, I didn't read this one, but verse 14 even breaks it down. It says, for Christ himself has brought peace to us. Anybody want some peace today? Oh, I don't know about you guys, but these days, these times we're living right now, somebody is searching for peace. It said, he united the Jews and the Gentiles. Remember, that's what Paul's talking about. He's talking to the Gentiles, also about the Jews. He united the Jews and Gentiles into one people. When in his own body on the cross, he broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. This was quite the image for me. It tells you about the early church that there was a wall of hostility between these two people groups that were both believing on Jesus. But see, the struggle was you still had Jews that thought they had to cling to that law and still do some of this. And then they got mad at the the Gentiles because you're not doing this. So you can't have what I have if you don't do what I do. The wall of hostility. And see, it uses that that terminology of of Christ creating something new. Understand what this word would have meant in the original text because there's two words for new in the the old language. And, And one is like... If I gave you a new pencil, now there's a, a new pencil, which means it's not been sharpened, the eraser's good, and uh, kids love new pencils at school. It's, you know, a new snack. I don't know. Kids eat pencils. I don't know what happens to pencils at school. I really, that's like socks in a washing machine. They just disappear, and I don't know where they go. But a new pencil is, yes, it's it's fresh, it's brand new. Every kid loves to stand there and, and grind that thing down till it's half. That's where they go. They go in those sharpeners where they sit there and grind and grind. But it's not really anything new, is it? It's just a new something of the old, right? The word that Paul is using here means new, something that's revolutionizing, something that is different, something that has never been seen. So in other words, he's saying, when Christ shows up, it's not Jews anymore, and it's not Gentiles. I'm creating something new that is all about me. And I was trying to think, what is something new? You know, I was trying to think through history. What what do I remember that was something brand new? And, And this is so silly, but it's what came to my mind. Microwave popcorn. Gosh, I just showed my age so bad that I remember when that came out, right? And I remember because my mom went nuts for that stuff. Like it was the best thing since sliced bread, I think, for her because how many of you remember how did we have to pop it before then? You stood at the stove, you shook that pan, and you swirl it around, you had your butter, and, and it was great. You know, I always thought that was fun as a kid until about shake five, and it's like, Mom, I'm done. Don't you stop shaking that pan, girl. You know, you couldn't stop halfway with that then. So then comes, you know, microwave popcorn, which I think back then you still popped it three or four minutes, remember, in the beginning. What, we're down to a minute 41 on our microwave now, Right. But that was something new that revolutionized everything, right? It changed everything about snack time for us. 
See, Jesus, he said, I'm creating something new that you've not seen yet. So, so you got the Jews and the Gentiles and, and they're fussing and they're fighting. The, the Jews are still over here because they're, you know, they're just trying to figure it out. Like, God, we've been doing church like this all this time. And, and, and now you're telling us not to do church like this. And I don't get it. What, then why was we doing this, Lord? So they're still trying to figure that out. And then you got the Gentiles over here who they've been outside this whole time. You see, the, the Jews thought that they were the only ones. They are God's chosen people. They, they kind of misunderstood what God was intending with that. They was God cho- God's chosen people that he was going to bring his son through and bring the word through. But it was for the whole world. So now we've got a people group that they've been on the outside the entire time that somebody has opened the door and said, hey, it's all for you too. So you can only imagine the clash when they come together. And Paul said that the cross breaks down that wall of hostility. You see, I love when God shows up in my sermon prep stuff because here's a confession for you. I'm not smart in in the way some pastors are and the way that they will look and, and map out a whole year what they're going to preach on. I don't do that. I can't. I, my brain doesn't work that way. I mean, I kind of can just give an idea, but most of the time when I try to map something out, two weeks in, God says, eh, let's scrap that. Let's do this. But sometimes when he says, hey, let's walk through a book, and I like walking through these short books with you, So you can read these letters Paul left the church. And sometimes when he does this, he'll, he'll give me, and I've had, you know, on my mind for weeks and weeks in advance that I wanted to do this kind of in between now and Advent season. And so the fact that when I come to this message today and it was so relevant to what we need right now in this moment of history and time, told me God showed up. And that's why I don't doubt my process. Because sometimes I feel, I feel bad. I feel insecure. I feel like I'm not enough. I feel like maybe I'm not a smart enough pastor. When I, I talk to other pastors or other churches and, and, you know, they have their whole year mapped out. I mean, they can tell you every Sunday what they're preaching. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's how they work. That's their process with God. I just can't do that. But then you guys will text me and tell me how a message hit. And then I'm like, because God, you are on point. You knew today. That's always my prayer. God, what do, what do they need to hear today? So when it works out like, you know, I had some kind of plan and, and God shows up, I realize, well, that was his plan. It wasn't mine. He put that thought there. You see, these scriptures that we're talking about today, they're relevant at this moment. You say, how is that? Because we're living in a time where we have two people groups. We have us and we have them. Us and them. Now, I'm not really sure who us is, but I know that whoever them is, it's them people that are going to vote different than me on Tuesday. You catch where I'm going with this? There's a wall of hostility that we've allowed to be built up. 
an us and a them. And again, I don't know who us is and I don't know who them is, but it keeps showing up on my social media. It keeps showing up in the news. It keeps showing up everywhere to where I don't even want to watch TV. Last night I laughed at a, some commercial that came on TV and Thomas looked at me funny like, yeah, it's been on there a while, babe. And I'm like, I haven't watched TV in a while, <laughs> you know. So I, I don't know where you are if you're an us or an them. But you know what? On Tuesday, I want you to remember one thing. We are the people of God. And there is one blood that runs through us. And that means there's some of you, you're going to vote one way, and some of you, you're going to vote another way, and you've got friends, they're going to vote their way. Personally, I wish there was a third way. I wish. It's my birthday Tuesday. And it's like a 2020 joke. All I'm getting is a president. I don't like it. If somebody can give me the gift you know, receipt for that, I'll, I'll send it back on November 4th, I promise. Whatever it is. I don't care. I don't know how it comes. It doesn't matter how it comes out. I wish I had a third way. You know, it's not about following law. And when I was thinking about how people have talked about this election, that's what I'm hearing. Because how many times have we said, well, you can't be a Christian if you vote this. You can't be a Christian if you vote this way. But both sides are saying it. Well, guess what? I'm a Christian and it has nothing to do with Republican or Democrat. Please remember that for the rest of this week. I really have a burden on my heart, church, that we need to pray for our nation this week. No matter how it comes out on Tuesday, it ain't going to be pretty. It really is not. And I'm not here talking about uh, politics with you. I'm here talking about how I want you to be the church with me. I want you to show love. I want you to show mercy and grace, just as Christ has shown us. And that includes with our social media. Please be cautious what you are posting this week. Even if you're madder than a... I don't even know. <laughs> I was trying to think of something my mama would have said. Red hen something. I don't know. She used to have a saying. Uh, old wet hen? Okay. I knew it had something to do with a wet hand. I just heard my mama's voice all of a sudden. <laughs> and you know what? That may, that may happen to us November 4th. I don't know. I don't know how this is going to play out. But I know however it plays out, God is still on the throne. I know however it plays out, Jesus still died on the cross. I know however it played out, I'm still going to heaven because I believe. I know however it plays out, he still wants me to love people all around me. Please remember that. Because God does not want for the body of believers to be separated. And I know maybe we don't see that so much just sitting here within our pews. But maybe you got friends in a, a different church somewhere and you know they do different than you. They, they have different thoughts. I want you, this is how I want you to approach Tuesday. I want you to pray about it. I want you to cast your vote.
And then I want you to go bless somebody. I want you to go love a neighbor. I want you to go love an enemy. When you come across that person that you know they voted the opposite vote of you, love them anyway. Because they're still your brothers and sisters in Christ. Because you see, there's going to be a day. The body is going to be united. And everything from this earth will wash away. There's not a Republican and Democrat door to get you in heaven. There's not an American and African door to get you in heaven. There is one door that says Jesus Christ. And that's what I want us covered with this week. And when you start seeing the ugly show up on your televisions or on your social media, I don't want you bad-mouthing and joining in that fight. I want you praying over it. I want you praying for our our, our officers that are going to have to stand. Uh, if there are protests, I want you to, to stand with the blue. But I want you to stand with a people group that, that feel hurt and oppressed too. See, that's what I'm saying. Both sides keep telling me, if you're Christian, you'll vote this way. <laughs> the Christian in me says, I don't want to vote for either way. <laughs> but my hope is not in either candidate. My hope is in God alone. And that's what I'm called to tell you about today. And that's what we're called as the body of believers to share with people, the hope in Jesus Christ alone. You see, Paul saw these two people groups that couldn't get along. And he said, we're going to break down that wall of hostility because Jesus Christ created something new in us. And that's what I want to see in the church. Break down that wall. No government is going to change things. No new laws are going to change things. It's only through Christ alone that we find that peace. Remember I asked, who wants peace? It's only in Christ. So love God, love people. Thank you, Jewel family. Y'all, y'all got my hidden memo to wear our shirts today. And in fact, I want to read, I want to continue in chapter 3 because Paul kind of keeps rambling about this. And I've heard a lot as, as this election season, you know, talking, asking the candidates, who has a plan? Who has a plan? Let me tell you, God has a plan. Chapter 3, verse 6, and this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news shall equally in the riches, share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are part of the same body. And both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving him by spreading this good news. So the good news that Paul was carrying, it wasn't just for one person or one group or one denomination. It was for everybody. And that is God's plan. So we're going to see ugly on TV this week. And it's, it's going to stir up anger and it's going to stir up things in us. But I'm going to pray that we all look through the eyes of God that those people, he loves them just as much as you and I. And maybe some of them, somebody needs to tell them about Jesus. Because you know what? Hurt people hurt people. And that's what we see in our country right now.
I want us to be the body of believers that bring peace and love, unconditional love, because that's what my God has given me. He gave me mercy and he gave me grace, which means when I did stuff wrong, I didn't get the punishment for it. And when I did stuff wrong, he still gave me salvation. Not because I was good enough, but because he loved me. Stand with me this morning, church. I want you to pray starting today, praying yes over the elections, but just praying for a healing in our land amongst the body of believers that we find healing so that we can remember God's plan of salvation comes through Jesus Christ alone. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for how it came so fresh and new in my eyes. But Lord, I pray right now for the Holy Spirit to just water what you put in the hearts of your people today. That God, may each person here, may they have heard a different message that was specifically for them. And God, as soon as we walk out of the door, we have an enemy that's going to try to snatch that from us today. There's going to be something that irritates us right off the bat. Lord, would you just protect the hearts of your believers? That the message you are planting, may your spirit have time to just soak it into their heart to change them. And God, as we leave here, will we, may we leave here with a heart full of your love, full of your grace and your mercy for those people around us. Oh, Lord, we're really good at loving our neighbors, the ones we like. Help us to love the ones we don't. And help us to remember that there are brothers and sisters in Christ that we can have different opinions on, but remember that we serve the same God, that the same blood of Jesus runs through all of us. Let us not try to be judge and jury, because that's not our place. Our place is to give the the message and the hope of Jesus Christ, to be loving, to be the arms and the feet of Jesus. And we'll leave the judging to you, Lord. That's your job. Father, I love you. I love that you seek us out before we're ever looking for you. I know that I have looked at faces in this audience today that maybe some were not even looking for you when you were already there. Thank you. Father, I know that we have family and friends that we're praying for. And that, God, we try to be the witness for them, but we ask that you'll send others around them to be that witness. May they hear that call. Father, I love you. This message today, it evokes so much love in my heart because it reminded me where I was when you found me. (laughs) And I didn't deserve salvation. I'm not even sure I was looking for it most of the time. But you were there the whole time, leading, putting people around me. And I pray that someone in here today, maybe they've never taken that first step of salvation to just say, God, I'm sorry, I've been living life my own way, and I think that broke your heart, and I need forgiveness for my sin. God, may they just receive that grace today. It has nothing to do with if they're good enough. It's a gift. 
And then, God, may you just work in the hearts of the rest of us that we have that gift. And now, God, you are working things in our life and you want us to do good for you. God, may we be bold enough to do that, even when it rocks our world and changes everything. Let us share those testimonies as well. Father, we love you. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, for always seeking us. And now as we leave this place, may we be your hands and feet and a blessing to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, I love you guys, and I will see you Wednesday night online. Have a blessed day and go be a blessing to others. Good day. Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved.